I'm Joan Hogan, welcoming you to the Prairie Dock Radio Program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Dock, is here in the studio with me, ready to answer any of your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. And along with Dr. Holm, we're so happy to have Dr. Deb Johnston join us as well. Deb is a family medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Welcome to both you doctors. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Deb, thank you for joining us. Oh, I love doing the show with you, Rick. Oh, this is great fun. <laughs> yes, it is. It we, we hardly is. ever have anything to talk about. No, though. no. Joan has <laughs> to pull us all along and, yep, fill in the blanks yeah. of the conversation. I had a feeling I could have slept in this morning with you two coming. You don't need me. I might, by uh, the way, get you. a phone call. I'm kind of waiting on a phone call from Sioux Falls about... About um, your treatment. Treatment. So well, don't if pass I have up to, that call, please. If right. I have to, we uh, want you to get that. Well, you can. Or, you can have it live on the air. We can all hear it. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good idea. I'll I'll hold down the fort. Yeah, if they call that, you, there Rick. we go. Perfect. <laughs> Even though you two are really good for a lot of subjects, I thought we should mention what the subject tomorrow night on your TV program will be, and it's diabetes and the American Indian. And I know you had two Native Americans, I think, on the program with you, or at least one. And uh, with the name Keith Braveheart, I think maybe he's a Native American. What do you think? That sounds like a Native American yeah, person. Yeah. So you, this program had aired November 15th, and if you didn't catch it then, you can catch it tomorrow night. And so because they're talking about diabetes tomorrow night, we thought we could talk about it today as well. But it isn't, it, it isn't just the issue of diabetes. It, it's the issue of uh, the Native American health problems. Uh, are they different than the health problems of the Anglo-European white Norwegians that are in the room? You know, that uh, Irish, <laughs> hey, French, whatever I'm you are. I'm not Norwegian. You're Italian. I'm, I'm Italian. Italian. Uh, I'm proud of it. I am very proud of my <laughs> Italian <laughs> heritage. <She is>. But, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, when we had Don Warren on the on the show last time i was just amazed by uh his knowledge base his intellect uh his energy to the public you know his his uh, uh, wanting to do the right thing for uh, uh for all and he is an md and a um a master of public health and uh and really just a wonderful uh uh, person so when we got done with the show last November I said ah that was really good uh, you're on the show next year Don you will be on the show <laughs> what is the date you want and what is it that you want to talk about because we will have <laughs> you Don you yes. are you're going to be on the show you yeah. don't have a choice about that but you do have a choice about what and when <laughs> yeah when what and when because you will be with us he was wonderful talk about a hero you know in, in his group but I, I the, the, the things that I was thinking about uh, as I was driving here through the maze, you know, it's just hard <laughs> to get here, Bob, uh, was the, the, the issue of poverty. Yes. It's really an issue of poverty, not, not an issue of that race versus this other race. It's an issue of what did they have to start with and how many generations does it take for them to, to be able to pull themselves out of the 
yep. the block the, that we put them in. You the, know, the, the generational poverty is huge, and it's it's not just the Native American population that is is trapped by that, but it's certainly more of what we see here in South Dakota. But you see that in the African American population, and you know the Hispanic population, and really a lot of minority populations are there. Uh, are are there, and you know when when we look at our most of our Caucasians, certainly there's a lot of white people who are in poverty too. But as a general rule, we have more wealth and we can use that to give our children a leg up. I mean, my parents helped me pay for college. They were able to do that. They helped my siblings pay for college, my husband's family. You know, there's just a lot of generational transfer of wealth, even even among middle class people and even among poor people. And you know, the thing that they, they're saying is happening right now, and this I think is true, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. Poor. It's, a, yep. it's the best of times and the worst of times. Yep. You yep. would think America should be the wealthiest country in the world, but it's actually the 10th wealthiest. It's not the wealthiest. And uh, this one article showed two reasons. Are one is we have the largest gap between rich and poor. And secondly, we are the only developed nation in the world without universally available health care. Health care is ridiculously expensive. The only, the only developed nation in the world. That is frightening when without you think about that. Universal, I mean, every other European white country in this. Even uh, the Italians? Even the Italians, even the Italians right. have their yep. own universal health care. Everybody has it because, um, and then you can control costs uh, in in whatever way you you want. Uh, I think it should be done in a free way. I don't uh, I don't know the big thumb or anything, but I'm, I am a, I, you I know, am overwhelmed by the cost of it all, and I'm right in the middle of it yes, with my own are. health. Yes, you care. are, and I, I, particularly with diabetes, I think. You know, there's certainly conditions where the cost of medications are a lot higher, like a lot of cancer treatments and a lot of autoimmune diseases. Your individual drug may be ridiculously expensive, but when you look at the number, the sheer number of people that are affected, diabetes is a huge one. People are dying because they can't afford their insulin, which is significantly more expensive now than it was just a few years ago. Oh, that must be because... It costs because, more to make uh, it? <laughs> because, because why, Because drug Jeff? companies are making ridiculous profits. Yeah. Oh, because they want more profits. They want more profits. Well, we're not going to lay it just on the drug companies. We're going to take a break, and we will discuss <laughs> how many. It's not the just them, coming. but there's others, and uh, we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Today we have Dr. Rick Holm and Dr. Deb Johnston joining me to discuss poverty in America and how it's related to health and especially diabetes. And just before the break, I did break in when the two doctors were ready to, to jump on the pharmaceuticals. Jump on the pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and I talk. don't agree, disagree with you. Yeah, let, let, they've we, overpriced the drugs. We know that. We shouldn't be jumping around on, on uh, policy governmental issues that's that that's kind of settle into medical issues that we we, <laughs> we are we are more knowledgeable about we that is very true our expertise is is not in in policy but uh certainly we have a perspective that could very ably 
advise policy yes. and for the benefit of of the community and the individuals but i think that we if if the if you let physicians get more input into the policy of how are we going to pay for this how do you pay for a pharmaceutical how do you do the right thing what about medical uh uh, records and and mm -hmm. uh, uh, the electronic medical yep. record in particular, the physicians had more say on this. We would maybe we would have less problems, or maybe we would have more. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but I I think it's time to have input from the people who were who were who were trying to deliver the care. Yes, I think that would be very valuable. But let's talk about the new orals. Yes, there are some newer medications in diabetes um, which do have a role. Uh, they don't replace our old standbys. Metformin is a wonderful medicine for those that can tolerate it. I love metformin. I do too. Um, yes, it's a great drug. And insulin is kind of the standard second step, but there are some other choices now that can be, that work in different ways and can really. Uh, do great things for bringing people's sugars down with a little less work on their part. You know, it w used to be that uh, the orals that we went to first uh, would uh, bring the sugars down, blood sugar would go down, patient would be more hungry, would eat more, and really it was, if nothing... A vicious circle. It was a vicious circle. Mm -hmm. They would eat more, so, as would insulin in a type 2 diabetic, per, uh, for example sometimes promotes uh, weight gain, which means more resistant to resistance to diabetes, or resistance to um, insulin. insulin and more uh, a worsening of the diabetes and the blood sugars. Uh, so the question is, uh, uh, the new drugs seem to uh, work at the level of the, the, the uh, fatty acids being let into the lipocyte and uh, blocks uh, weight gain. So actually, there's some weight loss with some of these new drugs. Uh, they're really, they're really good medications. They're really powerful. Could yeah. I interject? But because I know you both know the answers. But I know there's a type one and a type two diabetes. Type one is insulin dependent. Type two is often caused by obesity. Is that correct? Right. There's the, the fundamental problem in type one and type two diabetes is different. The effect is essentially the same, but the fundamental problem with type 1 diabetes is that the cells in the pancreas that make insulin for you get destroyed by your immune system. And so you are not able to manufacture your own insulin. That means that you absolutely need insulin or you will die. And right. that is all there is to it. And, all if you, these and you can prove that by measuring antibodies to the vet cells of the pancreas. So that, that's type one, used to be juvenile onset, but it sometimes occurs adults. It's just an immune-driven killing of your, bets, your, your, your insulin-making cells of the pancreas. Right. Then the type two is different than that. Type Absolutely. two is different because it is basically less efficacious utilization of your own insulin. So your body can't use that insulin appropriately. So... 
um, it's still there. So people with type 2 diabetes are really, really unlikely to develop something we call diabetic ketoacidosis, uh, which is a potentially deadly complication of diabetes, uh, where your blood sugar gets extremely high and you start trying to convert and burn your own tissues instead of sugar, uh, and you get very Acidotic. acidotic. The acid level in your blood really rises, and uh, you People lose. People get shorter breath. They try to blow off the, the acid, acid, and you they'll come in shorter breath. And that was a quiz question I had. They they came in. Uh, uh, so the the it was one of my oral quiz quizzes on trying to get into medical or get it get uh, uh, part your two. licensing. Yes, and um, and the the gastroenterologist, Jewish fe fellow who was raised in Mexico. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's just an interesting man. He, Hirsch was his name. He was a brilliant man. And I'll never forget it. There's like 10 guys sitting around watching me take this oil. Oh. It was awful. And he said, okay, a little girl comes into your clinic, short of breath. What's, what, what are you going to do now? And so I said, well, you listen to the lungs with your stethoscope. Well, the lungs are clear. And you talk to the family about, you know, when did this start? And then he gives you the story. And then, <clears throat> uh, uh, and you smell the person's breath. And then, of course, the breath is, is fruity. Fruity smelling. And uh, that's the, the ketosis uh, smell. smell. And I said, well, it wasn't anything respiratory at all. It's diabetes. And he went, good job, Rick. <laughs> So you got your license, all right? Yeah, I did. I mean, Your that man. was one of the questions. One of the questions, but anyway, that whole good story. question for an internist. Well, and I brought up this was, because wasn't it? the difference. Uh, we know there's a difference between the two diabetes, and you two are talking about new medicines are out. Are these new medicines working for both types? No, you know, they're not. No. that's no. what I didn't know. I, again, the insulin is the bedrock. Really, the only treatment for type 1 diabetes. So There's other things you have to do with blood pressure and cholesterol and and all these other kinds of things that kind of arise from the diabetes, but our only effective treatment for type 1 diabetes is, is, is insulin. insulin. So the new meds you're talking about are all type 2, and type 2, usually it doesn't reach people until they're in their teens at least, or... What's we the are case? we are seeing type two diabetes younger and younger, you primarily because the of the obesity epidemic. epidemic. Oh. But yes, we usually think of type two diabetes as an adult onset disease. Okay. So, so and the other thing to say, you know, we, so I found myself early on separating these two completely, but then I found all these people that would be in the in between. They would be uh, adult onset, you know, you could get them to lose weight and you would work with them on pills and whatever it might be. And then later on in their life, as you're working with them and living with them through their diabetes, they become to a point where they, no matter how you worked it, they needed more. Their sugars yep. were too high and you start adding insulin, uh, even though you did everything you could not to do that. Yep. And, uh, and... And you had to. And th the answer is, uh, if you talk to endocrinologists nowadays, they'll talk about, well, it was a combination of one and two. It's an, you know, and, and that's what it is. The pancreas kind of poops out. The pancreas gives up. It can only do it for so long, and right. then it just 
gives so, up. And when how you don't have medicine, pain? oh, I'm sorry. Then what? how are the new medicines making a difference? Well, they help with weight. Is with the big with the biggest things. Many of them will help people actually lose weight. In fact, I was giving metformin uh, to people who didn't have diabetes to help them mm-hmm. lose weight. Uh, and then you'd add um, a, a com- combination of of uh, an antidepressant that also help people not really want to eat. And you'd put those on an off. That's called off-label off uh, medications. I give metformin and and uh, uh, Wellbutrin. Yeah, that yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And people would actually, it, they would not gain anymore. Yeah. And, you know, there's more to it than just weight. Yeah, I mean, weight is, weight is a, a fundamental part of it. A lack of activity, exercise helps your muscles use insulin more effectively. It raises your metabolic rate. It's, it's good for you in so many ways. Um, but a lot of these new medicines address how your body uses insulin, how it releases um, the sugars into your system, how it absorbs the sugars into your system. There's some very complex ways that these medicines work. Um, and they can be very effective. They're so also ridiculously expensive. expensive. You know, yeah. the once a week shot, for example, so it looks to be very good, but it shouldn't still be, you know, $400 a, uh, for a month supply or more than that. Uh, <clears throat> so, but my, my favorite story is about a, a, a patient of mine from Lake Preston. I, I ended up, you know, of course, I'm a, a DSMET bulldog, and, mm-hmm. and our, <laughs> our arch enemies were the Lake Preston divers. And so uh, all that said, uh, I became a, uh, a once-a-week uh, clinician working in the Lake Preston Clinic back when it had a clinic then, and uh, it may still, I, I, I'm not sure. I think sure it does. Where I it think is. they have a... Anyway, I did that every week, and I developed a, a clientele of people who hated the DeSmet Bulldogs. <laughs> 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 and, uh, but I loved them and they loved me. And one of them was this fabulous uh, woman who came down with diabetes. And I said, you just gotta walk more. So she ended up, she walked her weight off and her diabetes away for a while until for her while. pancreas, Gave you know. Him. And yeah. then I added medicines a little at a time little bit at a time she kept on walking man that woman what a woman she and would exercise she right? would do it and mm-hmm. i just loved her she and um um i love her still she's still alive but she's not my patient anymore that's because you're retired yeah i don't do the <laughs> clinic anymore. you don't have very many patients anymore no right? i don't they're getting less and less <laughs> so but long and short of it is finally you know the diabetes did its deadly thing you know she lost vision and she's struggling with the complications of diabetes and she's still exercising um, and uh, she's on insulin plus a couple other drugs so uh, for her even though you were able to contain it and control it her pancreas just must not have been that strong it or? pooped out it, yeah. it it's just a matter of time you know time and severity and for some people they're more susceptible and it happens sooner and you know it's it's one of those things where you can put it off but you can rarely prevent it entirely yeah. um so this this woman 
probably had she not been as aggressive as she was at, at doing what she needed to do, it would have been 10 years earlier that she would have had these complications. These complications. And this is, this is where I think it's so important and so useful for us to be able to identify those people that are at the highest risk for diabetes. Because if we can get them to make those changes, we can put off, put off when they actually develop diabetes, possibly even de- prevent it, and then put off those complications. complications. Yeah. So, you know, if you have someone who's had diabetes for a year, they're a lot less likely to have the eye problems than someone who's been diabetic for 20 years. And this is one of the reasons I think that the type 1 diabetics tend to ha- have so much more trouble because if you develop diabetes when you're 7, it's a very different thing than when you develop it when you're 70. Yeah. You just when you're 70, you don't have another 60 years to be thinking about. When you're seven, you certainly do. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we're due to take another break. This is very interesting discussion on diabetes, and we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We, uh, in the studio with me are both Dr. Holm and Deb Johnston, both of them uh physicians who have worked with the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Uh, We were discussing diabetes. We also began by discussing the problems of poverty with health. And I don't know if you want to go back to that. But during the break, Bob had a question, too, about what is happening now. And is there a possibility that there's stem cell research being done for diabetes? Yep. They are always doing research (laughs) on various things. Um, You know, Again, because type 2 and type 1 diabetes are fundamentally different diseases with the same effects, the treatments are going to need to be different. And they're doing a lot of uh, twin research on people that are um, a, a particularly high risk for those type 1 diabetes um, because, again, that is an immune issue and has a lot of genetic connections. Uh, so there's a lot of research into what can we do to save that pancreas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of research into basically simulating or recreating the pancreas. Um, and it's very exciting. It'll be exciting to see where we are 20 years from now. But right. none of it is none of it is on the ground for us doing use there's nothing that we can nothing that we can use <laughs> we can right now and in, in day-to-day practice so. I, there's a couple okay. of things that are worth talking about one of them is uh, the uh, fact that if you are a twin 10 year old and your sister your identical twin sister comes down with diabetes mellitus type 1 right antibody against your your your, your pancreas, pancreas then you, as the identical twin, have a like a 60% chance of getting the same illness. But if you don't within the next year, then you're back to your uh, just as good a chance as any. And the reason, uh, have you heard this one? I have not heard this one. And the reason is, the speculation is that you have to be genetically, uh, that it that it is a viral infection of the pancreas. And if you got the virus, you're going to get it. Um, and if you don't, and with that genetic predisposition, so you're you're sort of predisposed, <laughs> but Dis- deposed, deposed, predisposed. That's, there you go, deposed. But uh, 
if you don't get it within the next year, you didn't get the viral infection, then you will, you're, you're back yeah, to the, the average chance of getting diabetes. Are you saying that a virus can bring on type 1 diabetes? That, there's a lot of speculation that, that, that it was a mumps virus or a measles virus or one of those common viruses that did it. Wow. There's, there's a lot of things in medicine where we, my our partner, Dr. Cruz, um, said this. I hadn't heard it before. I don't know if she came up with it or she repurposed it from someone else, but genetics primes the pump and the environment pulls the trigger. Yep, there it is. <laughs> or genetics loads the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. Or so primes the pump and dumps the yeah, water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, uh, the other interesting little factoid that makes it interesting is that there's something to the complications of diabetes that goes with the diabetes that's different than, than you understand. For example, some people won't get the complications, yep. and some do. And uh, there is also said that the people who get mechanical diabetes, that's the definition of a person who loses his pancreas to surgery or to mm -hmm. a gunshot wound or to injury or something, right? So now you have diabetes because your pancreas was removed, right? but you don't have the tendency to have the complications, even though you're struggling with the insulin and getting the right balance and you're going through all that, but the blindness, the kidney failure, all those other things that go with diabetes, vascular disease, doesn't seem to come as common. Have you heard of that, Beth? I had not heard of that one. So that's another this is, old- This is a good internist thing. <laughs> yes, there it is. So uh, something else about the complications of diabetes uh, and that we don't understand. There's a lot we don't understand. There is Gosh, a lot there we is. don't Medicine understand. Medicine is not an exact science. It a is. quote that I got from Dr. Holm, and I'm sticking with it. We're down to two and a half minutes. We John. are. Do you want to mention the uh, poverty aspect at all? Or I, You know, I poverty? think poverty is an extremely important aspect to health care all around, and it doesn't matter what disease you're talking about, uh, poverty plays a significant role. Healthcare is expensive, but healthy food is expensive. Um, having a safe place to exercise is is associated right. with your uh, economic circumstances, your overall stress level. There's a lot of, of data to suggest that the just stresses of day-to-day -day life and how different they are for people of color and um, people in poverty and people of different uh, social strata affects their well-being and health. So the best way to solve uh, the problem of poverty is not to give them free this or that. It is to educate them. them. It is to educate everyone equally. It is to uh, rise up women who mm -hmm. are the real educators of their children. The men seem to go off somewhere. And so um, educating women and educating all children and um, I think there is our solution. Giving them the tools to succeed. There but it is. It, I, I think. think that there's also a role for social and uh, environmental changes, making sure that you don't have to work 80 hours a week to pay your rent. Um, that's a, a role, too, yeah. making sure that there's the healthy food available without breaking the bank. That's right. 
Well, thank you both. We do have a we I have enjoyed this program. Of course, I didn't have to do much because the two of you are here. But I hope all of you listening have enjoyed it, and uh, we'll follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc Library. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Dr. Johnston, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Rick. Thank you, Joan and Bob and Dr. Johnston. Thank you so much, and stay healthy out there, people. Thank you.